Adversity. Real stories from real people. Persistence Culture presents the Adversity Podcast. All right, we're back for another episode of the Adversity Podcast. Real people, real stories. Josh, welcome back, man. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Uh, last week we took it off, but uh, we are back on uh, Memorial Weekend. Yes, yes, it's a big weekend, and I'm glad because uh, probably gonna take a little time off here soon. I'm going on that big trip for about month and a half how can you say you're taking time off when you're retired bro well <laughs> that's that, true that makes no sense it doesn't sorry <laughs> we'll, we'll redo that one we'll edit that one out yeah so. no but we're uh we're uh you're gonna take some time off pretty soon yeah i'm gonna not gonna be in the country we're going to uh we got a big trip planned to europe so we're gonna do that i've never been like when i was a kid i wanted to backpack it my wife has been to a few of the places we're going. Right. So while we, you know, I'm going to go back to work soon. I'm already kind of getting the itch to, to find something. I knew um, it was going to happen soon. Yeah. You, you said a couple of years, but it's going to happen no, was sooner take than later. A year, but I mean, we're so busy still, right. even though we don't have work, you know, and it's been great, but it's just a different animal. Yeah, man. So uh, another dope guest today. Who do we have today? We have Mr. Brandon Resnick. He is our golf professional at the uh, Los Postas Country Club, and he is a legend. Nice. And so we'll, we'll get some more into his story, which I'm excited to kind of put out there because he's just a great kid and he's, he's a young guy, you know. So for our listeners that are kind of in that space that want to go that PGA route, that tour route, you know, um, we're going to hear kind of how he's doing it and where his goals are and what it took to get him to this space, which is in a good spot and just kind of laying it out there, you know, some different adversity he went through with his college career and all that. So I'm excited. Yes. And, uh, where'd you grow up at Brandon? I grew up in Oak park, Westlake village, thousand Oaks area. And, uh, you, uh, you, you've been in Ventura County your whole life. Yeah. Been out this way my whole life. And, uh, when you graduated high school, uh, where'd you go to college? I went to Moore Park College my first two years and then transferred out to, uh, UNLV. Oh, Las nice. Vegas. Yeah. Now how different was, uh, the 805 to, uh, you? It was a lot. It was really <laughs> different. <laughs> the thing with Vegas is like, there's always something to do. Like there, you're never bored. Yeah, and I, I had a friend who moved out there for a minute. He wasn't about the nightlife. He wasn't about it, and he he said it was uh he was glad to be out once he left. Yeah, it's it's a special place. You know, a lot of people uh, when you say Vegas, they think like they can't really move there. Um, but it's a special place yeah, in they, its own way. It's very special. Yeah, he said it's cool to visit, but uh, not to live there. Yeah, outside of college, I don't know if I'd be able to live there. Yeah, but you know when you're when you're with your buddies twenty four seven living in dorms and apartments and houses, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and we've established it's nowhere close to Reno. It is. <laughs> no, no. That was one of the last episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what did you uh, go to school for? So I went to school for I was a hospitality major, but I did a concentration in professional golf management. So it was basically the business side of golf, where uh, getting my class A card. Kind of being like a head pro, general manager, first assistant, teaching pro, tournament director, kind of anything that falls under the uh, golf professional category. Wow, that's that's a little different from, uh, you know, when someone's trying to decide what to go to school for. Yeah, 100%. So I was, my brother actually went to the University of Kansas. Really? For, uh, yeah, for, um, he worked with Bill Self for the basketball team. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So, I mean, he was like my idol growing up. So I was like, man, I want to go to Kansas. 
I want to like go to the basketball games. I want to want to major in business. Right. And then when I was going through Moore Park College, I was a business major, and I was like, you know, maybe this isn't for me. And I played golf at. So I took classes at Moore Park, but I played golf at Ventura College. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like Ventura, Oxnard, and uh, Ventura, Oxnard, Moore Park all under like the same roof kind of deal. Really? Yeah. So you can take classes at uh, one school and play golf at another one. And since Moore Park didn't have a golf team, they allowed me to play at Ventura. Nice. So one of our teammates went to UNLV for the PGM program, and I never even heard of the PGM program. So I went to UNLV to check it out and fell in love with it. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. And it was a two-year program? It was four years. So you had your two years at Moore Park, and then you had to go four more years. So yep. it's basically like getting a master's. Yeah, yeah. So That's, that's incredible. Yeah, so I didn't know that. There's a couple ways to do it. So there's about 18 schools across the country that offer the PGM program. Really? So you can do it through the university way, or you can do it through like a golf course where you have about eight years to complete it. But a lot of people that, I mean, I've seen people complete it at a golf course in like a year and a half, two years. And I've seen people take like eight years to do it. So for me, it was just all about uh, keeping on track. So the uh, UNLV really kept me on track throughout the whole process of. So you were out there for four years. I was out there for four years. I was under the impression you were there for two because of the two years at Moore Park. Yeah, no, four years. So do you have, is there a part where you graduate? Because you got the two years at Moore Park, and then when you hit, like, basically two more years at university, normally that's a four-year degree, right? Yeah. Was there a point where you got that, and then you kind of got a master's certificate on top of it, or is it just one program? It was just one program. So the way it worked was I did, so I did a business major at uh, Moore Park, and then I switched to communications because I would thought about majoring in communications. But then when I found out about the UNLV PGM program, when I transferred over to UNLV, some of the classes I took transferred over to UNLV. So I still had to do the four-year program. Okay. But instead of taking, like, five classes a semester, like, I would be taking, like, three classes. Really? Or, like, my senior year, I took, like, one class both semesters because really? I had them all done. Because yeah. you had everything done. Yeah. So how did that lead you to where you're at now at POSIS? So the way the program works is – it's a four-year program, and uh, every school does it kind of differently. So the first year, uh, first summer at UNLV, you do a three-month internship. Then the second year, you do a three-month internship. Third year, you do a three-month internship. And the last year after you kind of graduate, you do a seven-month internship. Wow. So, And the nice thing about the program is you can do it all over the country. I mean, they're all paid internships. They don't send you unless it's a paid internship, which is really nice. That's a great, that's cool. Yeah. And they also don't send you unless it's the right fit. So like you can go to like these top courses all across the country and have full playing privileges. Like people have gone to, um, Gauzer ranch in Idaho. They've gone to quarter lane. Like, really? They've gone to Dallas. So my first year I came home, I went to Calabasas country club cause it was my first internship. I didn't really want to go far away. I wanted something like comfortable, kind of ease into the program. Yeah. So I went to Calabasas. It was a really good experience. Um, went back and then my second year I went to promontory up in park city, Utah. Oh, I bet that was pretty. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. Wow. <laughs> it was incredible. so So you cool. were out there for three months. So I was up there for three months. And you get to play that course and everything as much yeah. as you want. So to it was really play. cool because, I mean, the shop opened at seven. It closed at like five, but didn't get dark till like nine o'clock. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> and our bosses were really cool. So like when we would go in, we do this thing called nine and nine, where when we would open, we go like six to three. The closers would come in at like 10. So you'd go like six to 10. The closures would come in. You'd go play nine holes, 
on the clock, you come in, the closers would then go out and play nine holes, and then they come in and the openers would leave. All on the clock. And then afterwards, you'd go play 18 holes, you'd play in like two and a half hours. <laughs> That's perfect. And it, it never got above like 83, 84 degrees. That's perfect. People don't realize how awesome afternoon night slash night oh, golf is it's the best especially in the mountains oh, you can't beat it there's no one out there i mean like you see off at like four o'clock oh yeah you're done by seven oh yeah seven thirty and you still i mean you still have 30 minutes of daylight yeah oh yeah it's great so, it's the best yeah so since since you've retired josh uh have you been going more to the golf course or it's been the same since oh i've gone significantly more i live there now <laughs> He's a, re- so he's a regular. We see him all the time. Yeah, they just pull my card up every day just to, for the assumption that I'm showing up at some point. It's kind of one of those things where we'll get in at like six because our shifts are like six to two or ten to six. So it's one of the things like the day's not over until we see Purser come through those doors. <laughs> there it is, man. They love me up there. They they love me a little too much, but you know they're good people. I think that's kind of what speaks volumes though about how you treat people, right? Hundred I mean, percent. If you. These guys know I love and respect them, right? I come in, I, I hear their stories, I talk to them about their day. You know, I try to tip, you know, when I can. And, and, and even though it's not required or, or buy a shirt for one of the guys, I've got this one guy, Jacob. Jacob he yeah. always picks out these shirts for me, that, and they always, like, super fly. Right. So a couple of times I've bought him, I'm like, you get one for you too, because I knew he liked it, you know. But I don't do that stuff to, to like, get cool points, right? I do that stuff because that's just who I am. Right. And the general reality of that is, is I've developed some really amazing relationships with you, Tyler, you know, with Brandon. Mm-hmm. And it's fun because when I go in there, I don't usually have a tea time because I go in the afternoon. So yeah. I just kind of go in, I kind of hang out with the guys and I'll go hit some balls. You know, I may have Hudson with me and, you know, let him go out there and hit some balls and we get out on, on the course. There's no one out there. Yeah. It's like your own backyard, man. Right. And it's, it's paradise. Like he was saying, those mountains and the sun's going down and it shines on the mountains like that. And some of these views you get from some of these tee boxes out there are just, they're phenomenal. And that, that's the one nice thing too about Lost Poses and like the culture we've built there, like the culture that Todd has built there, the culture that Leo has built there, that Century Golf has built there. We're just one big family. And like people come in and we tell them our stories, they tell us their stories. And I've worked at a lot of clubs before, but I've never had like the bondage I've had with the members at POSIS. You've talked about, you know, when you've gone to, uh, when, when you first mentioned that you golfed a lot. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, it's a tight community. It really is. And you know, golfing, it's, it's funny because the best way to compare it to somebody is like, it's a first date, right? When you go golf with somebody, it's the equivalent of a first date. You're either going to golf with them again or you're not, Yeah, you know? And I mean, there's, there's been plenty of times in my golf life, right. That I've gone golfing with someone and been like, I never want to golf with that. I'll never golf with that person ever again. Yeah, don't but, ever do a tournament with me then. Why? Oh, no, no. It doesn't have anything to, and that's the thing. It doesn't have anything to do with skill set, right? There's a, there's just things that guys that try to correct you all the time or want to give their opinion or, or throwing clubs or, you know, act like there's some scratch oh. golfer and then they shoot like 30 over, you know? I mean, it's there's just these different isms that and, – and the guys, like like Brandon's kind of the same way. We and I, He and I play together. It's great, right? It's, oh, and he yeah. is like yeah. 20, 30 strokes better than me. But we, I never slow him down. You're not going to find me out trying to find my ball for 10 minutes or – and that just keeps – and when you get – and that's what's cool because when you get to play four hours of golf – with three of your buddies, you really do get to know each other really well. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like when we do these new member mixtures at the club, like the best way I tell people is golf is just like your escape from reality. 
like you put your phone in your bag. There's nothing else going on. It's just you and the golf course and your buddies, and there's nothing that can beat it. In the industry I work with, uh, I deal with a lot of uh, new companies or new businesses that come into town, and they always say, hey, you want you play golf? Uh, I say I don't, but when they invite me, I still go because I know it's not going to be just business talk. Right. You get to know them. You we have, need to get out and yeah, golf. I need to get yeah. you out. We'll get here. Yeah, we got to go play. Yeah, you guys will laugh a little bit, but at least we'll get to know <laughs> each other. Be, right? It'll be a lot of fun, though. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Tyler be. Tyler got to follow us around for a little bit at the charity golf tournament, the Ventura County Golf Tournament, RJ's tournament, oh, yeah, RJ yeah. and Rob's tournament. They raised like $35,000 for Young Life through Dang, that thing. That is, it's been going awesome. 10 years now, man. Wow. 10 years. And uh, big shout out to them. That's just pretty awesome. But it was fun to have Tyler there because he made that video, you know, that we posted. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but we posted it on all on our on our social media platforms. But we had so much fun out there. Even Tyler was like, I can only be here for like a couple holes. And then <laughs> Justin, my buddy, that's the LPGA caddy, yeah. he was hitting just dimes, man. He was putting the balls, I mean, within feet, inches to a foot of, <laughs> of the hole. And, we, and Tyler's like, all right, I'll stick around for another hole. He goes, yeah, I'll stick around for some more of this. Finally, he's like, all right, guys, I really got to get out. It was like eight holes in. He's like, all right, I really got to go. I got, I'm already, I'm already way past my yeah, time. Yeah, the, the footage was great too, man. Yeah, great, it was. Great job it was on fun. that. Yeah, it was a yeah. lot of fun. Now, uh, let's go back to uh, your high school days. This is uh, the golf thing was something that you liked, and you said you looked up to your brother a lot. Yeah, was it high school or college when you decided uh, to go the golf route? It was about. Eighth, eighth, ninth grade. So I was a really big baseball player growing mm. up. My dad played at CSUN, and my grandfather actually pitched for the Giants when they were in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he did. It was when they, back in the day, when they were doing, like, walk-on trouts for those teams. Okay. And he walked on, played for a year, and then met my grandma and quit. But, um, so baseball was, like, my first love. Like, okay. Like, I fell in love with the sport, and it was awesome, and I, like, played all the travel ball teams. And uh, come, like, sixth seventh grade like the coaches started getting way too serious mm. like just killed all the fun for That's me unfortunate. yeah so i quit baseball um i was playing a little bit of basketball and soccer my brother coached me in basketball and then about eighth grade is when i dropped everything and started playing golf more seriously and so about ninth grade i tried for the high school team played varsity all four years and and what, what got you into golf my dad got me into golf from a young age, too. I mean, because I, I was a big baseball player, so I didn't really play much golf. But, I mean, he would bring me out, and I'd hit the ball, and we'd pick it up and drop it by his ball and then keep going. And now it's he hits, picks it up, and drops it by me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel that's that age where, you know, I, I think a lot of people who are athletic, they're good at everything during yeah. that, that age. So that it's, it's cool that you stuck to one thing and, you know, here you are turning it into a career. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's something I love. You know, everyone watched the PGA Championship last week with Michael Block. Yeah, that's so cool. So cool. I actually, I'll, I got a story for you about that. But, you know, he says he really loves the game. That's why he's in the industry. And it's it's true. I mean, unless you love golf and, like, you have, a like, a real passion for it, like, even teaching people making people better, playing, like, if you don't have that love for it, like, you can't really succeed in the industry. So tell me the story. So you know Jordan yes. at, at Postis. So him and I played a section event because Blocky's in our same section. No way. Yeah, so he's in the Southern California section. No way. So him and I played this tournament, this section event where the it was like a it was a weird format where like the first six holes were 
alternate shot. The next six were best ball, and the last six were scramble. Okay. So Jordan and I come in, we shoot seven under. We're like, dang, we're going to win this thing. We got a real shot at winning this. Block and his partner come in, 14 under par. (laughs) (laughs) So not only did he lap everyone, but we got second place. Wow. So it was second place at seven under, and then his team at 14. Wow. That guy's... Yeah, and, that, and he gets like a automatic tryout or spot on the tour, right? Or so something. He's, he's got some. How does that work? So he played really well. If he was to place, I think it was top three, I believe, or somewhere around there, he would have got a, like a special temporary membership. But he finished top fifteen. Or he finished t fifteen, so he gets automatically into next year's PGA Championship, which is really cool. And then he got some other sponsors exemptions. So he's playing this week at a Colonial. And then he's going to play the RBC Canadian Open. So he's getting to actually play some events then. And if he keeps doing well, he'll keep. He'll keep playing well. Now, kind of tell us where you're, because you're kind of on that same trajectory, right? Yeah. So with me, it's just, I'm really focused on these, these section events right now. So we got our section championship in September at Sherwood Country Club. Oh, wow. That's going to be cool. Which is going to be really fun. And, um. So top 11 from that goes on to the PGA Professionals Championship, which is actually wow. on Golf Channel, really? which is really cool. There's about 290 people that play in it, all PGA Class A professionals all over, all over the country. And then top 20 from that tournament get into the PGA Championship. So that's how Blocky got into the PGA Championship. Really? Yeah, he placed second in that and then got into the PGA. And then got in. Yeah. And then placed 15th Yeah, in and that. then you that's play well, you deal. get some recognition. I mean, their world, the world's blowing up about this guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, a week ago, nobody knew his name. Now they're just they're talking about his clubs and how much tape, iron tape he had on them. And, I mean, just he basically had these things <laughs> held together with literal duct tape. Yeah, it's crazy, too, because at the beginning of that week, he had, like, he had, I think, like 2,000 followers on, on social media. And by the end of the week, he was up to, like, 160. 160,000. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he just got paid. Yeah. There's some guys knocking on his door, like, here, we'll— We'll endorse you this. He, well, he, while well, I was watching him yesterday, he has like raising canes on his on his shirt now, and he's got like some other. Uh, oh, so he's got those endorsements coming. Yeah, yeah they're coming he's already. Some, yeah. He's got some serious <laughs> endorsements now. It's, I mean, it's awesome to see. Like, it's a great story because, I mean, people now are seeing like, man, like this is an opportunity to become like a PGA professional. Not only can we make the game better, but we can actually still play and yeah, and try. Neat. Yeah, it's neat. like it's it's that's a cool that's a cool deal. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's really good for the game. It's really good for the industry for what he's doing. And then um, the cool thing is that like people always ask me, like, are you still trying to go pro? Like, are you still trying to play professionally? And the nice thing about being in the golf industry is I can always tell them, like, I'll always be trying to play professional right, golf because right. it's what I do for a living. Right. Like, I teach for a living. I work at a golf course for a living. And I'm always going to play. So, like, I'll always have endless opportunities to try and go pro. And golf's one of those things that you you can't. Yeah, 100%. Right? Like, that's kind of why I fell in love with it. It's a sport now that, you know, basketball, I'm going to tear something. You know, football, you don't you play touch anymore yeah. at my age or just pass in the beach, you know, pass the football <laughs> yeah. on the beach. But golf is an actual sport where your number one real competition is yourself. And then you can go out there so you can constantly, even if – like Brandon's, you're a plus two, right? Yes. So that means he he has to give up two strokes, right? I'm a minus 24. So that's the big difference. He's 26 strokes better than me. Wow. So if he and I were to play, it's not really fair because I get 26 strokes, right? That's why I don't ever play in those games and stuff like that. Because I want to get to a point 
where I can go play and I don't need any strokes. But that's something I've got to work on. And that's what I love about the game of golf. In fact, Brandon and I, Brandon's worked with Hudson. He's worked with Sarah. And he's going to start working with me on some stuff. And that's going to be that's going to be a big game changer yeah. for, for me as well. So, tell me this. If you end up on the tour, right, and you're traveling around, are we still going to be friends? Oh, of course. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Everyone at Postis is getting inside the rope passes. There we go. Oh, 100%. That was my, the answer I was my, looking for. My inner circle is going to be very big. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. <laughs> Yo, so so uh, how 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 is it, like, having this as a career? Is it like a, like a dream for it's you? It's awesome. I mean, to do what you love, like, for me, like, eventually I want to get to the point where all I do is just teach full time. So like right now I work in the in the in the shop with uh with all the guys and it, it's great like it's really cool I've learned a lot but eventually I just want to get to the point where I'm just sitting on the driving range outdoors, teaching for six seven hours a day because I love making people like feel better about their swing and getting people where they want to be like right. that just brings me joy. And what's been a highlight for you in in uh in this career like someone you've met or someone you've played with? I've met a lot of I've met a lot of great people. Um, I mean. You play tournaments all over the country. Like, I've been to Florida to play tournaments. I've been up north to play tournaments. Like, you go all over the place, and, like, you get paired with random people, and all of a sudden those random people become lifelong friends. Like, I played, like, the PGM, the PGM America through the university program. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do this thing called the PGM Jones Cup, where each school that offers the PGM program will bring, I think, five people, five or six people to play in, like, the PGM National Championship. And I played three out of four years because my first year they didn't let freshmen play. So the last three years I played and the people I met, I mean, I still talk to nowadays. That's cool. Yeah. So like Percer was saying, like you can go out and play with people and you're like, oh, I don't want to play with you again. But you can also go out with playing people. And you're like, damn, this person's going to be like a friend for a long time. It's it's wild. Like Justin and I, my buddy Justin, the caddies, you know, it, he bought a car from us when we owned the dealership. And we were, we were both started talking about golf because I saw he was a, you know, caddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to chat, and we're like, well, when you get back, you know, let's go play around. Sure enough, man, he comes back. He just happens to come through the store again, servicing his car. And I was like, oh, hey, man, we got to get together and golf. And sure enough, we did. We went out, like, the next week, and we've been, like, buddies. I mean, I keep up with him now when he's in yeah. Europe and stuff. On the like, hey, man, how's it going? How'd y'all place? And I kind of keep up with his golfer now and kind of getting more and more acclimated to the LPGA and how it works and – all of that stemmed from, and now we've played golf together like four or five times, right? And it just, and every time we play, it's just even more fun. You know, you just, yeah, yeah. you get more and more comfortable and you just, you realize that, man, I've got a good dude I'm running, you know, hanging out with. This is, this is, this is a cool gig. So this, the name of this podcast is Adversity and we've had a pretty positive uh, talk and everything with you, but I do want to kind of, I want you to address some different challenge, like the biggest challenge that you had to face whether it was coming from high school into Moore Park or Moore Park transitioning into UNLV in Vegas. There, you know, I want to. I want you to talk about. We've talked about all the high stuff. I want you to talk about a low point where you weren't like even there was this pay, space where you had to really claw and fight to kind of get to where you are now. Yeah. So for me, the big thing was it was high school into uh, Moore Park into UNLV. So for me at high school, high school was tricky. Um, I'm not very good when it came to academics. I have a lot of learning disabilities, which I could get into. But um, so school never came easy for me, especially taking tests. Tests never came easy for me. So it was very easy for me to 
fail my tests and not do very well in school. So for me in high school, I was really struggling my freshman, sophomore year, like really struggling when it came to the test takings and the in-class stuff. But homework wise, like my average grade on homework was probably like 95, 96%. So for me, it was really like, all right, I need to do really well on my homework to balance out my poor test taking skills to pass classes. So high school was tricky. My first two years were hard. I transferred into the Oak Park Independent Study Program, which was a homeschooling program where I really learned more about myself, like how I can be successful in school. It was really good. And I was able to graduate high school, which was awesome. Now going into Moore Park College, I was like, all right, like, man, I saw my brother live his college life. Like I want to live my college life now. Like it's my turn. Like all, all I ever hear is college is like the greatest time of your life. So I go into college, you know, or more part college, and I didn't take it as seriously as I should have taken it. Um, you know, I was really struggling academically, had below a 2.0 GPA, wasn't doing too well on the verge of failing out. Um, but, you know, I had this really big heart-to-heart conversation with my parents, like, because they were like, look, school's not for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't want to go to school, like, just tell us now. Like, we'll pull you out. We'll figure something else out. Like, there's always a plan B. And I was like, no, like, I want to get through this. So... Going into my sophomore year at Moore Park, I think I had like a 1.8 GPA. Wow. Like, it was not good. So, they signed me up. Since I was on academic probation, I had to, I was only able to take like two or three classes. So, those two or three classes I took, I was able to get B's and A's in, which brought me up to like a two point something. Then the second semester, I was able to take more classes, and I got A's and B's in those classes. So, after that, I was able to transfer into the UNLV program, where I ended up doing really well in college at UNLV and I ended up graduating with like a 3.1 GPA. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude. So, so, so in college, did you have to uh, get a certain GPA to, to be able to play? Uh, it depends. So I wasn't on the golf at, at more part college. You did after your first year, the first, the first year didn't matter what mm-hmm. you, you could have had like a 0.0 and they would have let you play. Second year was a little different. Second year you had to have above a 2.0 to play. So I was like stressing hard because I didn't want to miss out on my last year to play there. Right. So I was stressing hard about that. I was able to get that up above a 2.0, was able to play, transferred into UNLV PGM program. Um, That was really good for me. Uh, Really learned a lot about myself, too. I met some lifelong friends, and, yeah, I was able to graduate from there with 3.0. Nice. Talk about kind of having that, you know, learning disability you know, a lot of people don't realize what that is, you know, and then to have your swagger and your, and to have that diligence, talk about how hard it was at home, right? Because it had to be you, when you did your first year in college and you had your heart to heart with your parents, because I went through the same thing, right? Yeah. There's this place where you go, okay, I got to dial it in on my homework yeah. like you did in high school, right? Because college, you're right. You're out there. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. You get out of school instead of going straight home and doing homework like you do in high school or going to, a, you know, doing sports or whatever. When all that's over, there's no parent there to go, hey, are you washing your laundry? Are you yeah. doing your homework? Next thing you know, your laundry's piling up. You're having a great time. <laughs> homework isn't being done, you know, and you got all this stuff due and it's just, it's, it's crazy. So kind of talk about that transition that you, that, that you made and what steps you took personally to ensure that you were getting your work done that you need to get done so that you could play. Yeah. So for me, it was all, I, I live by a slogan of it's me against me and never give up. So never Ooh, give I up, like that. never give up is, you know, never give up on your dreams. Like dreams are there. Like you should always be able to go get them. Right. And then the me against me is it's me against the world. And the only person that could stop me from being successful 
is me. Right. So after I got, after my first year of college, I was like, all right, I need to figure something out. Whether it's I need to put in more work in the classroom, whether I need to go see my teachers more, whether I need to figure out my homework thing. Like I got to figure something out. So I remember I was taking a math class and this teacher was amazing. And I was struggling in this class and I think I had like a C minus in the class at the point. But I mean, it was to my knowledge that I needed to go seek out the extra help to be successful. Right. Mm. So I started going seeing her every day after class. Like, this is what I'm not understanding. This is what I need help with. And I saw her every day and every day and every day. And she had that belief in me, which kind of put that belief in myself. And by the end of the semester, I had like a B plus in the class. That's awesome. So it was really just like going that extra mile to get that extra help from teachers, making sure I was doing all my work right. And then whatever happened on the test would happen on the test. And that's the thing too. Like when I went to college, at UNLV before at the end of at the end of the first day of class every semester I would go in and I would sit my teacher down and be like look this is what's going on with me these are the disabilities I have you know I struggle with taking tests I promise you I'll get all my homework in on time I just need you to help work with me and they were really good like they're really accommodated with me like there were times where I wouldn't do well on a test and they offer like an extra credit an extra credit uh, opportunity whether it was volunteering for something helping for something but, I mean, at the end, I showed them, like, I turned in my homework, and it, my, the, my homework grade was about a 95%. It's just my test grade was down to, like, a 64%. Right. But it was able to balance itself out, plus a little bit of extra credit. I mean, showing that I'm really trying, and they're willing to help you. That's cool. Yeah. Now, did you know you had to make take that step to talk to them to, yeah. to make it happen? Yeah. It was something that had to be done. And, I, and I'm glad you're sharing that because, you know, sometimes uh, uh, when we know we're struggling with someone, with something, we keep it to ourselves. We don't share it with anybody. One thing I learned growing up is I was surprised how much people were willing to help if you even you had that conversation asked, with yeah. them. It's funny you mentioned that, too, because there was a teacher I had in high school or not high school at college at, in Vegas. And she was so mean to everyone in class, like just rude calling people out, making fun of people. Like she was just a nasty person. And then I went, I was scared, but I went into her, into her office hours to get some help. And she was the nicest person I've ever met in my life. Wow. It was the craziest thing. <laughs> it's like, she had this like fake mask on during class. I was like, this is my class. and You're going to listen to what I say. And then you go into her office hour and she's like, Oh yeah, I'll help you with this. Or I'll wow. help you get through this. It was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's another example of of you know like people are willing to help yeah. if you yeah. if you ask for yeah, help. Exactly. You just yeah. you just have to get over that hump. Yeah. You know, I did the same thing. I woke up. You know, I was four years into my college career, and I was still a sophomore. And I was like, <laughs> I am not Van Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you uh, went to to your teachers to ask for help, did, were a lot of them willing to help you? All of them willing to help. That's yeah. great. There was not one that wasn't. Because if there was one that wasn't, it would have been a very big deal. Because I, I had a 504, I had an IEP, which is a law. There's, it's a law that teachers have to accommodate. So if they don't accommodate it, it, it can turn into like a legal matter. Oh, okay. wow. So yeah. you had to get, you went and got diagnosed with yeah. it and everything. Yeah, I got diagnosed when I was a kid. Probably when I was about Hudson's age. Really? Yeah. Did they have, did they have like special, 
you know, things like, you know, for you to work on and do like programs for you, like therapy, I guess would yeah. be a good way to come. Yeah. I mean, they put me through a bunch of tests for it. And then, uh, with, with school, there were some accommodations on test taking where I would get like a little bit of extra time than other students. So I would get like, if there was a 30 minute, if you had a 30 minute window, I would get like 45 minutes. Really? So I had a little bit of That's extra good. time, but it was funny cause there was one teacher I had in high school and this got ugly quickly, but, um, I was I was supposed to get pulled out for all my tests. Like it was a requirement that I get pulled out for my tests, go to a different room, so I don't feel rushed by other students. Because I also had really bad anxiety at the time when like people were finishing and I'm like not even halfway done. Mm-hmm. It's like shoot, I gotta get this thing done. I'm running out of time. So this teacher's handing out the quiz, and I'm like, hey, like I gotta go to this other class. And she, she goes, oh no, like your teacher wants you to stay in here for this one. It's like, wait, what? So it turned into a big ordeal, and, and and the teacher that was supposed to honor my accommodation said, oh, we just wanted to experiment if you really needed it or not. And it tur- <laughs> wow. it almost turned into a really bad uh, bad legal thing. Like, because oh that's gosh. that's against the law. I mean, uh-huh. you can't you can't break an IEP or five hundred four. Yeah, yeah. we want to crazy. see if you were. We, we want to experiment. <laughs> yeah, that, that this piece of paper that you brought in, that you, all this testing that you went through, we want we want to try it out for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible, man. Yeah, that is terrible. Yeah, that is terrible. So, so uh, you mentioned uh, when your first year of college, you 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 know you your grades were low. If you wouldn't have picked up those grades, and it would have affected you playing golf, would it affect what you're doing now? I don't know. That's a really good question. I truly don't know. I probably wish I got a regular job and try and work. So there was the no plan B for you at that point. No, my I was it was only golf. It was wow. only golf. Or you could, I guess, you could have gone the the cl- golf club yeah, route. Yeah, I could have gone the golf club program route program that but, they that they offer. Yeah, but the only thing is, I didn't know even know about that route until my sophomore year at Moore Park. Oh, really? Yeah. So I I didn't even know like when I was going th- going through high school and going through like my first year at Moore Park. I never even knew what a class A card was. Like I had no idea like people like Leo, you know, people like Todd, people yeah. like me, like like Crisno. I never knew that they had like a like a certain like class A card that made them fit. And that's how you guys were able to go to the Masters, isn't it? Yeah, that's how they went to the Masters, yeah. So yeah, if you get a cl- if you have a class A card, you get into the Masters for free. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. I'm, I'm going next year with one of my college buddies who went through the program with me. Oh, really? Yeah, he's down in Arizona working at a course. I don't remember what course it was, though. So. That's cool. That's yeah. a that's a bucket list deal. Dude. Oh, 100 percent. I'm so jealous. I'm so prepared to drop so much money in that oh, pro shop I, I'm too. Sure you, I'll, I'll send some with you. You can bring extra large. Yeah, right. Literally, I think it's funny because when Chris Noah went, he brought back like a dog bowl for his dog and like a bunch of other little things. I'm like, all right, yeah, like. My father-in-law went. I've got these ball markers. I've got a shirt. Yeah. I've got a hat. I've got all this stuff from there. It's awesome. Yeah. Nice. And that's the cool thing, too, is, like, Leo brought us all back something. Like, he brought us all Leo's back. He's a stud. He's such a good guy. He's a good dude. I love having him there. He's yeah. such a great guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. What's uh, What's your favorite golf movie? The Greatest Game Ever Played. It's a really good one. Really? I Who's in it? Couldn't tell you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched it. Um. Kevin, I don't want to make myself look stupid, but maybe Kevin Cosner. I, I think, think that's Tin Cup. It is Tin Cup. You're right. Um, I don't know who's in it, but it's really know. good. You got to go I'll watch it. Look, and it's called it's The really Greatest good. Game Ever Played. Yeah. I'm going to have to go check it out. What about uh, um, everything that happened in this movie? Is it possible? Happy Gilmore. <laughs> 
I want a professional's <laughs> view on this. <laughs> He's talking about the, I like the crocodile eating a handoff or knocking a woman out of her second story window with your drive. Which part? That movie is Beating hilarious. up Bob Barker. <laughs> the price is wrong. That movie is it's that a, movie is great. It's one of those movies that it don't matter if you're if you're just channel surfing and it's on. You, oh, yeah. you just got to watch it, it till the end. But he's carrying oh, those big checks and just yeah. stashing them in the back <laughs> of his car. <laughs> it's shooter this time. <laughs> well, it's funny. Gavin. They had a uh, they had an anniversary on that movie. Uh, it was like a big anniversary. It was like a 10, 20 year anniversary or whenever it was. And and Adam Sandler did did the thing, did the Happy Gilmore shot, and Shooter McGavin went on Twitter. I don't know what his real name is, but he went on Twitter. He's like, and he he started like trash talking him. He's like, it's Shooter's time. I'll see you at the tour championship. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's that's such a that's classic, a classic funny man. movie right it's there. Cult cl- when he when he turns his putter into a hockey <laughs> stick. <laughs> That movie's go to your home. (laughs) So I'm guessing none of that is possible then in real life. (laughs) No, but I mean, if you can do it, like more power to you. Like people, I I do it every now and then. I mean, you got to. Yeah, it's all part of the fun. That's funny. Yeah, that's good stuff. So what's uh what's uh what do you see yourself in two years? Full time teaching. Yeah. Yeah, full time teaching. Are you gonna stay? At, are you gonna try and stay at Posis or? I would love to. Yeah. I mean, I got such a good relationship with all the people there, and I mean, like I said earlier, I've been at a lot of clubs in my life, and it's hard to beat. Like the relationships you have, the culture that's there. I mean, it really is a family oriented. It really club. is. It's 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 uniquely different. It I mean, really it's, is. It's really cool. You can go sit in the. You can go in the 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 kitchen or the kitchen, the dining area. Yeah. Or the or the the driving range or the putting green, you can literally see six seven people that you're really like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they really like you back, and it's it's just real fun banter, and it's everybody's real respectful with each other. Nobody's disrespecting each other. Nobody's gossiping about each other behind their back. I mean, it's just everyone's really like straightforward and super cool, and just wants to hang out and treat everybody right. We love it. So we lo- my wife and I love it up there. It's a great spot. Yeah, well, thank you so much for uh, for sharing a lot of. Uh, I know, I know the 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 struggling on tests. That's like yeah. some some personal that's a real stuff thing, that man. it's not easy too. And that's the thing. Like, if you're struggling with something, like you like you gotta seek the help. Yeah, or the help, especially with like all all the mental health stuff going on right now. Like, if you're struggling, like you gotta get help. Like that's Got the to. key is getting help. You know what? I was I, I, I'm so glad that I surround myself and I listen to to a lot of people because you know the way the way I was raised and grew up like like that wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Like if you thought that something was wrong, like yeah, natural like, selection. Shut up and come do this. Yeah, hundred no, percent. I, I mean, it's yeah. crazy. And that well, they would do that. Like they would try that because I had some as well, and they're like, "No, you're just ha- that's just an excuse." You know, suck it up. Well, looking back, you know, I wish I'd have had some of that you know, that help that you had. Cause I wasn't a very good test taker either. I had the same kind of anxieties when people were getting up and finishing and, but I had to keep grades for basketball purposes. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. So I was in the same boat. Hudson's over here. He wants me to <laughs> give a shout out to his YouTube channel, Hudson cooks. So Hudson cooks on YouTube to all our listeners. There you go. That's Hud- you need, you're missing an N son. You're missing the letter. Hudson. <laughs> you know what we need to have him on a, on the podcast yeah we yeah. will actually that's a great you, you want to come on the podcast son 
All right. All, All right. right. We'll you, do you it. You want to we'll see it. it on it. Yeah. We'll do it. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your story. And uh, uh, anything else we need to put out there, Josh? Throw out your Instagram handle so people can follow you uh, and all that. Instagram is Resnick72, R-E-S-N-I-C-K-7-2. And then if you follow me on TikTok, it's uh, Resnick72. Also, um, I do this thing every now and then called Swing Tip Tuesday. Swing Tip Tuesday. Where I give you tips on how to improve your golf swing uh, every Tuesday. So it's go almost ahead. as good as Taco Tuesday. It is. <laughs> Might even, might even be better than Taco Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> I like the hat too, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What what who's who makes that hat? Imperial. Imperial right. rope hats. They're I've got like fifteen of these things. Yeah, yeah. that is a good I always hat. Get, I always get a hat and my girlfriend's always like, That looks like the last hat you bought. I'm like, it is, but it's a different logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, but when we say some yeah. what they get, yeah. it looks the same. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we yeah. Can't don't say do that. that. Don't yeah. do that. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, man. But thank you so much for the time. Thank and you guys. Yeah, thanks for checking out the podcast, Adversity Podcast, Real People, Real Stories. Peace.